If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings. They've got some ridiculous deals going on with the Olympics right now, by the way. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years now, a boatload of podcasts. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast will be daily soon. The Fantasy Feast Podcast. I did my offensive line rankings yesterday, which are important for real football, fantasy football, betting, whatever. Of course, Andrew Brandt does the business of sports. We broke down the top prospects and this Texas-Oklahoma news on the College Draft Podcast. Andrew Brandt was all over the Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson situations on today's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We will be delving into those situations on this podcast. This is the sports betting one. It's extremely popular. You can check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. But I'm not the star of the show. The star of the show is the one and only Steve Fezzik at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. The only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. The Super Contest out at the Westgate. A lot of people are familiar with it. Steve not only won it twice, he won it back-to-back. Which Steve would now tell me is statistically impossible. Knowing Steve all the years that I've known him. But somehow he did it. And Steve has been downright giddy ever since I told him who our guest was today. The great Chad Millman from the Action Network. You can check out Chad's work on social media at Chad Millman. He's the chief content officer for the Action Network. Chad, welcome. But before we get too far with you, Steve. Why are you so excited? Why have you been texting me? Why do you love Chad so much? Because Chad arguably wrote the greatest documentary about sports betting of any book that's ever been written, The Odds, which chronicled Joe Lupo, who was wound up so tight running the old Stardust sports book. And I have the greatest amount of respect for Joe Lupo. Lupo moved on to the Borgata. And Alan Boston, one of the most polarizing sports betting figures in the history of sports betting. So, Chad, I don't even know about this book. Well, what's he talking about? It's true. Uh, and, and I appreciate Fezzik saying that. I, like, he's such a pro. And when you do books like that, you, you honestly just want to get it right so the people who actually do it for a living – will end up liking it. So when he says it, it's uh, an extra special compliment. Um, I wrote this book, it's 20 years ago now, called The Odds, in which I essentially lived in Vegas for six months during the college basketball season. And the premise was really, at the, at the time, this is 1999. And this is before offshore sites had become prominent in the sports betting space for the majority of people and before people really understood how to bet online. And so most of the activity was happening in Las Vegas and it was professionals like Fezzik. He mentioned Alan Boston um, and who would go to the sports books, especially the Stardust, which is no longer around. But at the time, uh, the Stardust is essentially the sports book that the movie and the book Casino was based on. Lefty Rosenthal was, you know, played by Robert De Niro. 
um, as a character, his uh, he was the first guy to run a, a major sports book in Vegas, and that was the Stardust. And the Stardust became the exemplar of all sports books in Vegas. And it was where they were uh, willing to take the most money. They were willing to have professionals like Fezzik and Alan Boston come in, beat up their point spreads, and then those point spreads ended up becoming the point spreads throughout the entire country that every bookmaker throughout the country ended up using. So I basically followed Joe Lupo, who Fezzik mentioned, who's a bookmaker who's trying to run this operation, and Alan Boston, who was the better, who was going head-to-head with what Lupo was posting for college basketball. And college basketball, we're going to talk NFL today, but college basketball for many, many years, and in some ways still is, that's the sport where most professional bettors find an edge because there are so many games and the sport begins in October during NFL season. And it's really hard for bookmakers to keep up with it when all these other sports are going on. So there's a huge advantage there. So Alan Boston, who at the time in the late nineties was the preeminent college basketball better. He was betting millions of dollars every weekend on college basketball. And so I was with him every single weekend when he's going against Joe Lupo and every other bookmaker and putting down tons of money on these games and trying to find the edge. And so it became a very sort of tense, taut, thrilling season as we tried to see who was going to win out, whether it was going to be Alan Boston or Joe Lupo or ultimately what would happen. That sounds amazing. Chad, I got to check that out. So Steve, that's what you loved about it because it was basically almost like a documentary about your life, except it was this Alan Boston guy and not you. Yes, and it was so realistic because we speak all the time about the Kelly criterion and never bet more than 2% of your bankroll unless maybe it's a prop that you're going to win 75%. Take all that and throw it out the window because Alan Boston is just an old-fashioned gambler. Chad, I haven't read the book in 10 years. I'm going to paraphrase. There was one game... Ohio State's playing at St. John's, and Alan Boston loves St. John's, I believe. So he lays four, all right? And he bets a lot. And then the line actually goes down to three and a half, and as Chad describes it, in a desperate attempt to reel the line back in his favor, Alan starts laying three and a half and even minus three like crazy on this game. He likes it so much. Doesn't check the score until there's about six minutes left. And St. John's is up 10 with just minutes to go. Normally that would be a lock, except when you bet your balls off over betting your bankroll. Not 30 seconds later, St. John's All-American point guard not only turns the ball over, but fouls himself out. St. John's doesn't score the rest of the way. Not only do they not cover, they lose outright. As St. John's exits Madison Square Garden, the players are sad. But their mental health and their reaction is minimal compared to what's going on in Alan Boston's living room. Then he turns his page of his journal and he says, look, I bet 4,000 minus four and a half the night before. I bet he'd totally forgotten about what a good customer I am, said Alan. Yeah, he um, look, he was a he is a very old school better, right? And there are a lot of ways to do things. And and Fezzik mentioned sort of Kelly Criterion and thinking about percentages. And a lot of betters today do a lot of models. They create a lot of algorithms. Allen is the kind of better who he was studying mindset. He was using intuition. He was keeping a three ring binder with handwritten notes 
about every team. And he could still, to this day, go into great detail about mid-level coaches, top-level coaches, why he hates Mike Krzyzewski, why he loves any coach who's ever coached at Marshall. Like the the differences between the big-time programs and the purity of the mid-level programs. Um, but my favorite story, and it relates to football, is we were at a diner in Las Vegas having breakfast. Um, he had bet more than $100,000 on the Tennessee Titans to cover against the Buffalo Bills in the first round of the playoffs in, you know, the winter of 2000 after the 99 season. And um, Rob Johnson is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills um, and they are favored in the game. And we're sitting at breakfast and he's looking at, at the time, his pager, which is a ticker that has the score of the game scrolling across it. Tennessee is down, I think by six or seven at the time. I think it was six at the time. And um, they aren't going to cover. And of course, that's the Music City Miracle. So by the time we get from the diner after we pay the check into his car, that's when the Music City Miracle happens. Alan gets a call on his phone thinking he had lost $100,000 on this game. Gets a call on the phone from a friend and says, dude, you just won $100,000 in that game. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, look at the score. He looks at the score. I look at Alan. We're sitting in the in his gold Corvette, and I'm like, "Dude, what are you going to do with the money?" He goes, "I'm going to go bet it." <laughs> and the way his friend described it to Alan, he's screaming. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chad. I'm just from your book in my yeah. memory. They're not going to overturn it. And yeah, Alan yeah. responded, "Who scored?" Yeah. What are you talking about? It was. Uh, I mean, it, it was an insane. You know, it still to this day. It's 20 years later. It feels visceral, and uh, I appreciate Fezzik being such a champion of the book. And that, the beauty this is of, so of cool. the timing of the book was it, it documented the tremendous amount of liability the Stardust had. That was the greatest year on turf. Not only did the Rams win right. that, that Super Bowl, there was all this liability the sportsbooks had from 200 to 1 payouts on bets on the Rams, and it even funneled into the, the game itself, which middled on seven – but the Stardust documented how they only lost $1,000 on the side because they got to the right number and stayed on that seven. Well, you know, Fessick, that's a great transition, I bet, to what Ross wants to talk about, which is that was really the last year. It was the first year that a team came from being a 200 to 1 underdog to when the, the odds on them for the future odds were 200 to 1 to going to win the Super Bowl. And it completely transformed the way sports books think about setting future odds because you're hard pressed to find numbers like that anymore because they are so scared of the liability. And a lot of books were so scared of the liability that they found themselves having on the Rams when they were going all the way to the Super Bowl that they really are so much more cautious about the future odds that they set. Well, and here's my question for you guys. Because last Friday, you know, it seems like three weeks ago, but it's four or five days ago, the sports books, a number of sports books took down the Packers season win total numbers. And there's all these reports that there's rumors Rodgers is retiring. He's done. He's not playing for the Packers. I'm seeing pro football talk say the sports books know this is, you know, this is going to be the future. The sports books are going to be the ones that have the information. Meanwhile, that's not what happened at all. So I guess I'm curious. I'll start with you, Chad. Just your thoughts on 
what prompts the sports books to take the numbers down. And I guess they thought they had credible information that they clearly didn't. Well, I think there's two answers. One, a lot of professional bettors, and Fezzik will agree, hear speculation like this from people in the media who are not in the betting community, who are now starting to talk about betting in a way because there is such an opportunity to connect with fans as it becomes more legal, and they laugh at them. When someone goes on the air and says, sportsbooks know, they're connected, they understand, sportsbooks are responding to the what the public markets are going to do. And if they're concerned that they're going to get a serious amount of liability, it goes back to the Rams conversation, based on rumor and conjecture, then they're going to take the they're going to take the the game the the team or the game or whatever the case may be off the board because they don't want to get killed on it. They don't know how to make a line that is going to give them any kind of advantage or that is going to take them out of being in a place that makes them uncomfortable. It has nothing to do with them having any more inside information about Aaron Rodgers than anything else. And that's what a lot of people who are just new to the sports betting space when it comes to media get wrong is they don't really, really understand how sports books are thinking. It has nothing to do with what kind of information they have. Steve, you want to, you want to chime in on that? Yeah, and you're hung out to dry in a situation like this where let me check a look, take a look at my ratings. I have Aaron Rodgers, my number two quarterback. He's worth nine points to the line versus Jordan Love. And now some people say, Fezzik, your numbers are wrong. No, they're wrong. My numbers are right. The best evidence I can give is that on Friday, last Friday, I bet the Green Bay Packers plus three, week one against New Orleans with an uncertain Aaron Rodgers. Now I can bet the Saints plus three. So there's been a six-point move with a certain Aaron Rodgers. So that is, that's not just – when I bet the Saints plus three, that was not with Rodgers presumed to be out. That was with Rodgers unclear whether he was going to be out or not. He might be worth more than nine points based upon you know just that six-point move there. So if I'm a sports book, how can I hang a number unless I have someone nonstop 24-7 on Twitter – because the second it gets reported, there's going to be a 20-second window. You're going to get absolutely smashed with one-way freight train bets from pros that all they do is monitor this stuff. Example, this happened when um, we, uh, we we saw the retirement of Andrew Luck, and some people got the Colts under 10 wins. And it was just basically a free money bet. The Colts wound up with a season win number of 7.5. It's these sort of bets – that absolutely drive the engine for some sports players that never lose. They win every single year. Why? Because they get the rare 75, 85% bets with news like this. Yeah, that's, that's what's interesting about sports betting today. And with, um, with the increase in the value of speed to market with news and information, people like Adam Schefter, people like Ian Rappaport, they've never been more valuable because all of a sudden their information for betters is tracking in ways that create a lot more volume because betting is legal in so many more states, right? And so it's harder for betters. It's harder for professional betters. They really do have to be on 24-7. I was talking to one this morning who was talking about already feeling overwhelmed by the news and information that is leaking out on Twitter regarding NFL because 
they are tr still trying to find advantages for season win totals. You are still trying to get a little bit of an advantage looking at the future odds for various teams based on who's reporting to camp. What are the COVID protocols going to be? Frank Reich is now out for two weeks. You know, you're seeing this morning, there's news about Lamar Jackson being held back because of COVID safety, health and protocol. So um, there's a lot of news out there that people have to ingest and it means more in terms of real cash than it ever has. And we're trying to keep our cash and win some cash. Speaking of keeping, Chad, you got a great head of hair. I have a decent head of hair, thanks to keeps. <laughs> I've been on keeps for years, dude. I'm telling you right now, I take the pill in the morning. I put the topical solution in in the morning and again at night. It's been awesome. You can see me. I'll be doing the Eagles preseason games on TV. Week two, by the way, NFL Network, that's live, national. They'll carry my game against the Patriots, and you'll be able to see how well Keeps works for me. It can do the same for you. I don't even know. I, I thought Chad was, like, younger than me. There's no chance he was writing a book in 99. Chad must be the youngest-looking 60-year-old guy of all time. I, I, I have turned, no idea what's going on. I turned 50 this year. I, I – uh... Look, all I can say, Ross, is I'm a prodigy. I like I had so much stuff done so early that anything I'm doing now is gravy. <laughs> well, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, like Chad presumably did, go to keeps.com slash even money to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash even money to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash even money. Chad, what are we doing with Deshaun Watson? That's what I want to know. Whether it's Houston or these other teams that might get them or the NFL saying, well, there's nothing against them now, but there could be. I mean, how are the markets handling this right now? What are we doing about it, if anything? I think the only thing you can do, and I would do this if he's playing or not, bet the Houston Texans under. I think they're at about four and a half. Um, even if it was at four, I would bet the under. I think this is a organization that is in deep, deep chaos and disrepair. I think that he does not have any legitimate talent around him. I think they brought in a coach who is almost by default getting the job. Um, and that's if he plays all 16 games or 17 games now. Uh, if something happens over the next four to eight weeks and there is an investigation that reveals there is some kind of punishment that's warranted. It's possible he misses two games, four games, six games. And then you're playing with, a, with you know, an, almost an empty backfield. So to me, it's an underplay on the Texans. I, I know there's talk about him being traded. I just don't see that happening this year. That's not really an advantage any team has in terms of getting rid of assets for a quarterback whose legal jeopardy is still undefined. Um, and you've got to really know what you're getting into and what kind of value you're getting in terms of the complete ability to have him on the field before you're going to give up the assets that you really need to give up, even if he's a little bit tarnished right now, um, to get a player who arguably is a top five quarterback in the NFL and in the prime of his career. Um, and I don't think, you know, I had, I had, made futures bets on Carolina. I had made futures bets on the Washington football team and on the Las Vegas Raiders uh, before the news came out about Deshaun Watson, anticipating, all right, if Deshaun Watson does get traded, those are three potential landing spots. 
now I'm holding those tickets, but I wouldn't bet on anybody else uh, a futures odd based on Deshaun Watson getting traded. I think he stays where he is, and I think the best bet is under four in the Texans. Steve, how are we handling this? I mean, I don't picture him playing a game for the Texans, but because I don't think they want, I think he doesn't want to be there. I don't think they really want him to be there. But here's what's weird, guys. If you're the Texans, you're going to trade him for a bunch of picks. Let's just say it's been rumored a lot. Let's just say it is the Eagles, okay? And you get three first-round picks or whatever it is. Well, if you trade Deshaun Watson, the Eagles, they're going to be a lot better this year. So your picks aren't as good. It's almost like, Steve, they should just wait till after the season. Put them on your own exempt list or not playing list and wait till after the season so you actually see what those draft picks would be. It's all priced in, though. I mean, these guys know when they give up a top five quarterback. And I do have Watson. I'm fourth. Yeah, I'm fourth behind uh, Mahomes, Rodgers, and Wilson. And one thing I'll say about the four-season win, it's already priced in that he's not going to be there all year long. The lowest season win I've ever seen was when the Dolphins in the 16-game schedule tank for Tua went to three and a half. And they did wind up going over. So I think you wait. And you wait if you're going to bet Houston under, and it makes a lot of sense if Watson's not going to be there. Play under four, maybe you have to lay a dollar fifty after it's confirmed that he's out. I can't see the number. I know the number won't go to three. It might go to three and a half. Uh, I think that that's the better way to go ahead and bet that. I will say, friends of the show, football outsiders, I have a lot of respect for them, but I don't like their season win projections. They assume so much regression in their numbers, and this may have been right back when Chad wrote his book in 1999, but it ain't right anymore in terms of the NFL being a parody league. How many times do we have to see the teams that are supposed to win their division? They go over, see the New England Patriots the last 20 years, and the teams that are supposed to stink, they win two to five games. And Football Outsiders has, is looking at like the last 30 years of data. So every team they have projected essentially to win between six and 10 and a half games, and it's just not right. So they have the Texans winning six and a half games. I hope they open up a casino because I'll be the first in line bet under six and a half or whatever number they have on these god-awful Houston Texans. Uh, Chad, is there is there another season win total that you're really into? Um, you know, one or two before we let you go that really jump out at you. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like the Lions, I think the Lions are four and a half or five. I'm on the Lions under. I think that's also going to be a train wreck of a team. I love, love, love the Chargers over season win total. Um, I think the Chargers are at nine. I love that team. And uh, I feel like they automatically get better and probably get an extra two wins just by Anthony Lynn being gone. He was such a bad decision maker. And there are very few coaches who really have that much of an impact on season win totals. Over the years, you know, obviously Bill Belichick has been one of those coaches that professional bettors are still willing to give him credit for a win or two over the course of a year. Anthony Lynn is one of those coaches who you had to assume they would win fewer games because his decision making and time management um, is so, so bad. So I think they improve automatically just by having him gone. Uh, Justin Herbert obviously had a great year. And what he proved was that he was so thoughtful and accurate. And these things that you sometimes see with rookies uh, that have a great year and then regress, I don't see him regressing largely because, A, they improve their offensive line. And, B, 
they get so much better defensively just by getting healthy. And so all of a sudden, they are an improved, a dramatically improved team off of a team that could have been really, really good. So I love the Chargers uh, over nine wins this year, too. Check him out on social media, at Chad Millman. He's the chief content officer for the Action Network. I love his bio, trying to make stuff that makes sports fans smarter. Very, very cool. Chad, first appearance on the Even Money podcast certainly won't be your last. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Good to see you, fellas. Thank you. Take care, Chad. There he is, Chad Millman. I, I love that, Steve. It's not very often I get to hear you gushing about a book like that. You got me excited about the book. Yeah, you know, I've got a past with both these guys. Joe Lupo was actually the first guy to kick me out of a sports book. He said, Fezzik, I wasn't Fezzik back then, but he's like, no more, no more the rest of the year. You're barred for a year. He identified that parlay cards were a profitable means of betting. He's the first sports book guy that I know that was aware of that because it was always felt, oh, these are just sucker bets and based upon the math, and they did the math wrong because these parlay cards were pre-printed with stale lines, and Joe Lupo was the very first person that I'm aware of that recognized that. Wow. I recognized a long time ago, when I was in the NFL, actually, Steve, Crocs are like the best thing you could ever put on your feet. I love Crocs, whether it's the sandals, the slides, the clogs. I posted this on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. I wear Crocs like 95% of the time I have anything on my feet. Plus, Steve, the Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming, and dare we say free to play on DraftKings.com. Make all the right picks, and a slice of 10 Gs could be yours. Visit DraftKings.com slash Crocs on Thursday, July 29th, that's tomorrow, to make your basketball draft predictions. We hope your future is full of comfort, that means Crocs, and possibly full of money. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. Steve, um, we got a lot of stuff to get into next week. Preseason betting tips, certainly. Um, I want to talk to you about home field advantage. I mean, there's a lot to get into. Um, I did want to say, though, there's a lot of guys being put on the COVID list. There's a lot of guys that aren't vaccinated, and there's a bunch of breakthrough COVID cases. We're going to have to deal with that again this year in terms of guys not being able to play and it affecting the games. You know, I'm a betting person, and if you would have told me that the vaccine, when was it available, May 1st, somewhere around there, that – the vaccine was going to be readily available for three months and only 50% of those eligible for it have opted to be vaccinated. Ross, I would have made my biggest, I'd be bankrupt. I would have bet anything that over 50% of the adults would have chosen to get vaccinated. So it goes to show, you know what, when you're betting on what the public is going to do, it can be very, very difficult to forecast the future. Sometimes it's easier to forecast just what's going to happen on the playing field, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I want, I want vaccination rates to see, um, you know, which teams are at 85 and 90% which teams aren't, because let's face it, we go back to what was it? The Saints bears game 
that who had the who had to play without a quarterback this past Broncos. Year? They had Broncos, Kendall Hinton in there at quarterback. Thank you. And we could well have a repeat of that. And obviously, that was one of the ugliest games you will ever see. Absolutely crazy. Can't wait to start to get into your preseason betting tips next week. Always a big boost. We didn't have them last year, Steve, but always a, a good time. People do very well betting preseason NFL. I know you have the tips. Save them for next week. Can't wait to discuss that. Make sure you are following Steve on Twitter at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports. Thankfully, I think they got rid of the imposter that was uh, trying to get people uh, to scam people under a fake Fezzik name. At Fezzik Sports only. We'll be back next week. Check out the other shows. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana. 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.